Hi, this is Candy Clark, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome to episode 146 of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. And this week, our guest is an Oscar-nominated actress for her role in the classic film American Graffiti. It's Candy Clark. Candy's going to be joining us in a few minutes, so uh, stick around for that. That's coming your way very shortly. And I want to thank all the people who entered our giveaway for a copy of the complete third season of Greek from On Screen and Beyond and Shout Factory. And our winners have all been notified, and they'll receive their prizes shortly. So keep listening to On Screen and Beyond, and we'll be coming up with more contests coming your way very, very soon. So we hope you enjoyed that. And also, special thanks go out to Shout Factory for supplying the prizes for that. And let's see here, California Independent Film Festival. If you're in the San Francisco Bay Area in California from January 28th to February 3rd, be sure to check out some great films at the New Ream Theater in Moraga, California. That's where the festival is going to be going on. There's going to be all kinds of people there, a lot of stars. Check them out, and uh, I'll be there on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So if you get a chance and you see me, say hi. I'd love to talk to you. It's time now to check out what's coming away as far as Remake Madness. It's next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Please hang up and try again. As far as Remake Madness, well, it looks like the creators of the 80s TV show Dynasty say that they're working on plans to bring it to the big screen. And uh, we'll see what happens with that one. And old video games now seem to be the, the current rage and making them into movies. And it seems like Asteroids uh, is in the works from Universal. Roller Coaster Tycoon from Sony is on your way. And the old Atari game Missile Command is in development from 20th Century Fox. So that's a whole bunch of different things coming away. Going to be remade into movies. That's it for Remake Madness. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming your way as far as upcoming movies right here on On Screen and Beyond. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Upcoming movies. Well, Michael Douglas is back to work and he's preparing for his role as Liberace. And the film will also star Matt Damon. And it's looking for a 2012 release. And you can look for Michael Douglas also in an action thriller this year called Haywire. And it's about a black ops soldier who is seeking revenge after she is betrayed and set up during a mission. And Channing Tatum and Rachel McAdams will star in The Vow in 2012. It's about a newlywed couple who get into an accident which puts the wife in a coma. And when she recovers, she doesn't have much of a memory 
severe memory loss, and the husband sets out to win her once again. That's it for upcoming movies. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at Sequel City, taking you down to Sequel City to find out what's coming away as far as sequels. Next on On Screen and Beyond. Sequel City, well, it looks like word is out that uh, prep work is being done for the sixth Fast and Furious movie. And Fast Five will be coming your way this spring. And Tron 3 has not been officially announced, but work is, they are saying, in the planning stages right now. And of course, of course, uh, Cindy Morgan, who was our guest last week on On Screen and Beyond, who played Yori in the original Tron, uh, made reference to that. And, uh, you know, you can check that out by going to last week's interview, episode 145, and hearing what uh, Cindy had to say about that. And next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take a look at what's coming away as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD, well, April 12th, uh, you can get the classic TV comedy car 54 where are you the complete first season on dvd and this year could bring us the complete series of logan's run on dvd now we're talking about not the movie but the tv show the show starred gregory harrison and heather menzies and of course heather was a past guest on on screen and beyond and you can hear her interview by listening to episode 43 of on screen and beyond and march 29th xena princess warrior season two will come your way on dvd coming up next on on screen and beyond what's coming away as far as movies on dvd and it's next right here on on screen and beyond Movies on DVD, it looks like Denzel Washington's Unstoppable will come to DVD on February 12th. Will Ferrell and Brad Pitt in Megamind lands on DVD on February 25th. And you can get Morning Glory with Harrison Ford and Diane Keaton on March 8th. And that's about it for movies on DVD. Coming up next on Honest Green and Beyond, we are talking with Candy Clark. Now, Candy, of course, was in American Graffiti. She's been in a lot of other things. She talks about those things, too. And it's all coming your way next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. My guest today on On Screen and Beyond is an Academy Award-nominated actress. She was in 1973's American Graffiti. It's Candy Clark. Candy, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Hey, thank you. It's good to be here. I almost called you Debbie that time, and I've been messing up the word Debbie all through the <laughs> intros here. But <laughs> It's a very difficult word to pronounce, and a lot of people have trouble with it. I can say it only because I have a lot of practice. Right. <laughs> I won't try now because I'll probably probably mess up. So. <laughs> Anywho, well, Candy, um, I appreciate you doing this, okay. and I guess where we'll start is uh, we'll get into, of course, American Graffiti. But let's start with one of the most recent things you did with Matt Damon, the informant. Oh yeah, <laughs> now, now, I played Matt Damon's mother, <clears throat> and I'm like, how did I get old enough to play this old guy's mother? <laughs> Wait a minute. Something's wrong here. But anyway, it was it was a lot of fun to do and and I just you know, I had a very tiny part and um I met Matt Damon as he was sitting in the makeup chair mm-hmm. and it was very brief and then we went on to shoot it and I was there for it seemed like maybe 
It took longer to get the makeup and the wardrobe on than it did to actually shoot it because they were using these new cameras called RED cameras. Right, yeah. And it, it's, it's not like you're shooting a movie with those. It's like, uh, you know, with the old cameras, there was a lot of, you could hear them. There was a lot of uh, mechanical sounds to mm -hmm. them. and. And you had to be super, super quiet on the set, and there was a lot of yelling, quiet, quiet, you know. But with the new cameras, and and there used to be a lot of lighting and hot lights and spotlights, and the new cameras, these digital movie cameras, um, it's just shot with, like, natural lighting. It's not like you're working at all. It's just weird. Really? Yeah. But anyway, I did it, and it, it, it came out, and... There I was. Now, did somebody approach you to do that role, or did, did you have to uh, audition? Or uh, The director, you know, asked me if I wanted to do that little part, and I said, sure. Mm -hmm. Why not? Sounds like fun, huh? Yeah. yeah. But it was too brief. Yeah. I'd like to work with him again on something a little more substantial. Right. Hint, yeah. hint, 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 if he's listening. <laughs> I hope he's listening. Yeah. You never know. Now, The Man Who Fell to Earth, I was looking over some things on, on the, the web, and uh, I always like to see if, you know, are these true or things like that. Is it true you had to take the place of David Bowie in one scene because he well, was ill? and I volunteered for this because um, it was a trip to New York City, number one. Mm -hmm. And number two, David Bowie at that time would not fly. So um, I said, well, I'll... I'll go, and uh, we were kind of the same size, so I had the suit, and I found an orange wig at a wig shop, and they trimmed it and made it look, you know, like his hair, mm -hmm. and I had the hat on and the suit, and I had on my own shoes because his feet are a little bigger than mine, and uh, I doubled him, and I could hear people, uh, they had like sawhorses put up, and I was coming out of the World Trade Center, uh, no, the World... What was the name of the? I can't remember, but World Enterprises. That was the, where David Bowie's uh, Thomas Jerome Newton's. Uh, that was his company called World Enterprises. Anyway, I'm coming through the revolving door, and I have to walk to the limo. Uh, there's no dialogue, so I'm I've got my hand on my chin because our our jaw lines are totally different, and uh, I'm walking like I'm thinking. And uh, I could hear people behind the barriers going, there's David Bowie, there's David Bowie. <laughs> if they only knew. I didn't, like, break it to him and say, no, I'm not David Bowie. I just let him, let him think it was David Bowie. Now, when you have you ever watched the film and said, you know, you oh, can yeah, tell. Oh, yeah, I spot me, but, you know, nobody else does unless I point it out. Right, yeah, yeah. Huh, I'll have to watch it again to oh, see. Yeah. <laughs> and I also played, I had. Uh, this other role that I did, which was The Wife on the Other Planet, mm -hmm. and that was a lot of fun. We shot that in the White Sands of Alamogordo, and um, we had these very sheer space outfits yeah. <laughs> with these rubber tubes that uh, had pink fluid being pumped. We wore these little pumps on our backs. Anyway, they were sprouts, you know, mm -hmm. leaking, spraying pink water everywhere, but... And then we had on these cat's eyes that you couldn't see through. These oh, geez. big old uh, full, they covered your whole eyeball. And uh, Sounds painful. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wear contact lenses. It wasn't painful at all. Yeah. I'm used to putting stuff in my eyes. But anyway, um, 
uh, we had to walk up and down hills and and slide around and and anyway uh, and then we then I had to die with my two children you know by the mm-hmm. on the other planet it was fun. Now with those things that you had to have in your eyes were they made to fit like contacts yeah, so you yeah. could see? <laughs> but they they were pretty primitive. That was back in the early like in the mid seventies, and so a lot of the special effects that we did were you know they looked kind of primitive. Uh, compared to what they do today. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, if you saw Black Swan, you know, her eyes look really good. Ours were kind of <laughs> kept dripping, drifting, so the, the cat's eye part would be kind of tilting in, like a little cross-eyed, you know, they were just swimming on, all over. Uh, and they had some sort of varathane on them where you couldn't really see through them. jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and they were hand-painted. Jeez, huh. So were you able to see it all when you were? No, it's just like wavy, you know, smeary mess. Wow. Yeah, we had to be guided by the director saying, okay, walk to the left, okay, straight, straight, okay, everyone to the right, right, yeah. (laughs) We're like walking up and down sand dunes. (laughs) Anyway, we were, you know, we're at the Alamogordo, which uh, is in New Mexico, I think. And um, we had on these uh, these shoes. The wardrobe lady had made these shoes, and they were made of, uh, like, clear plexiglass, and they were about four inches tall. And um, we tried to wear those, but they were so, you know, so slippery on the sand dunes. It was like we were skiing, and we were falling, and oh, finally they dumped the, uh, the shoe idea, and we went barefoot, which was... You know, blind and skiing and falling with the little kids was not working. So um, we uh, went barefoot, and that worked much better. <laughs> Jeez. So it was fun. Now, before we do American Graffiti, yes. let's jump to when you were a young child. Were, were you always thinking of becoming an actress? Never. I never dreamed uh because I was brought up in Fort Worth, Texas, and we were there were five of us children. I was the oldest, and, um, I mean, we were really, really poor. So my dreams kind of were just revolved around being a secretary receptionist, basically. Mm-hmm. And I took typing in uh, high school and tried to learn shorthand, but that was beyond me. And, um, you know, I like to party and... <laughs> You know, do all the teenage stuff, smoke mm-hmm. the cigarettes and all of that. So I wasn't a very good student. And so I didn't have a lot of high aspirations, but did the secretary receptionist thing for a while at a little Western wear manufacturing company in Fort Worth. And then my friend Judy and I, we decided we wanted to be models. And there was, at the time, and it probably is still there, the Dallas Apparel Mart. So we went over and we got hired as models for uh, a few little companies. And then I thought, well, I, I, I want to be a model. So um, uh, my friend Judy and I met this man, and he said, yeah, sure, if you're ever in New York, look me up. Well, that's all you had to say. Anyway, I turned up in, in New York City, and I thought I was just going to stay for a, a few days, but I wound up moving there and staying there for four years. Mm-hmm. And then from the modeling I uh, slowly, I decided, well, 
I'd like to get into some extra work, you know, and be an extra. Mm-hmm. And from uh, I did uh, a little gig on uh, who is Harry Kellerman and why is he saying those things about me with Dustin Hoffman. Uh-huh. And I was in a crowd scene of about 200 other extras. Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is this is really fun. You, like, sit around, look at famous people and, you know, make $35 a day. So um, I went back to the casting office where I'd gotten the original extra job, and I said, I want to do some more extra work. But while I was there, dropping off my picture, uh, a big-time casting director was there, uh, and uh, his name was Fred Roos, and he was going to go watch in Brooklyn um, them shooting the screen test for The Godfather. Mm-hmm. And as I was walking in, he was walking out, and you know, Lynn Stallmaster made the the introduction, and then Fred said, "Hey, you want to come with me to watch him uh, shoot the screen test for The Godfather?" And I said, "Sure." <laughs> That's the kind of person, you know, if someone seems nice and looks normal, I'll go off with them. <laughs> and um, went and watched several days of them shoot, met Francis Coppola. And wow. Met Jimmy Kahn and, you know, watched all these actors try out for the role. It was fascinating. Huh, yeah, I'm sure. So, that's how I kind of got into showbiz, by accident. So that was your bug right there that, that, yeah. that got you and... Then it, then, uh, you know, strange things happen on the, you know, the road of life. Your first TV role, do you remember that? Oh, yes. Uh, my first um, role was not a TV thing. It was a film, actually, directed by John Huston called Fat City. Fat City, ah, okay. Mm-hmm, which is a superb film written by Leonard Gardner, and it has some of the best dialogue, I think, of any film, I mean, it is just superb the way the words are put together, and they're just hilarious. It's great. It was with Stacy Keach and Susan Terrell, and um, um, Susan Terrell was nominated from that role, and it had a lot of. It was about boxers who really never make it, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of uh, boxers who don't really go anywhere and it's kind of down and out you yeah. know people but it was fascinating huh. we shot it up in stockton and um at that time stockton was a real farm town and um it was just you know a great location and i met jeff bridges he became we went out together for about four years so uh, I received a lot of benefits from being in that film plus working with john houston and meeting him and Ray Stark and Susan Terrell and Stacy Keach yeah. and Nick Colasanto and just all these great people up there two months in Stockton and stayed at the Holiday Inn, which was right next door to um, the Civic Center. So uh, there was always something going on at the Civic Center, boxing, uh, salsa dancing, you know, roller, roller derby, and it's just a lot of fun. Huh. A lot of fun. Good food up there, too. Mm. Now, so you go from that year being in Fat City to the <laughs> to the next year doing American Graffiti. Yes. And you're nominated for an Oscar. Yep. I mean, that's... For our Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, that's quite a quite a jump. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so how, start us off with how you uh, 
did you audition? Or oh how'd... yeah, I had to. Uh, I went to meet George Lucas, and at that point, it was like a year since I had uh, any work. Really, I did a little gig on uh, Room Two Two Two, where oh, yes. I played a character, the Witch of Whitman High, and um, I, um, you know, was, I, I've never been good at auditioning. I have just a phobia. It's just like being in front of the class. You know, doing a book report. It just, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm just not good at it. Anyway, uh, so it's not like I didn't have a lot of opportunities. It's just, you know, my my one of my failures as an actress is the audition process. But I went up for this part, and uh, I had heard I hadn't at this point I hadn't read the script, but I was told that it took place in the 50s. Mm-hmm. So I thought, by golly, this time I'm going in costume. <laughs> Maybe that'll, you know, fool them and they'll just hire me. But anyway, so I arrive at the, you know, at the appointment, and I'm the only one sitting there in jeans with rolled up at the knee, you know, and <laughs> saddle oxfords, bobby socks, you know, Letterman sweater, and ponytail, and I'm thinking, oh, my God. And every, all the other actors are this, I just was mortified. But anyway, it's my turn to go in. I go in, and it's a little tiny, tiny office with a, a desk almost as took up the whole space. And behind this desk is a very quiet man named George Lucas. And um, I go in. I'm standing up. He's sitting down. He's looking at me blankly. I'm looking at him nervously. You know, and I Lee, you know, we chit-chat for a brief, it couldn't have been more than 30 seconds, and I thought, I have blown it again. <laughs> so I call my manager and tell her, uh, you know, and so um, a few weeks go by, and I get a hold of the script, and it's fantastic, great writing. So I tell Pat McQueenie, who's my manager, I said, please, Pat, you got to get me back. And she said, well, you know, once they see you and they, you know, they reject you, you you can't get back in. But I begged and begged and begged. Finally, she somehow wrangled me another appointment. And uh, I went back. And I guess they didn't realize it was the same person because the second time I dressed as myself. And he was way more outgoing and you know, I guess I look like a normal person, you know. <laughs> and uh, the next thing I know, they were saying, hey, you want to do a screen test? And so I did with uh, Charles Martin Smith, who already had the part. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a cattle call screen test in this big uh, open space called Dove, Pict- Dove Films. And that was Haskell Wexler's commercial um shooting house and so you know there's all these actors there's like 200 actors all trying out for these parts and so i'm totally intimidated but it becomes my turn i meet charlie and i think oh well this isn't going to work because um he's way shorter than me and i'm too tall oh god anyway i kind of give up you know mentally i'm like oh well so i go through the motions and um I do the dialogue, and they have a bench that's supposed to be a car, and Charlie's, you know, Toad's trying to pick me up, and, you know, we're doing the dialogue back and forth, and George is there, and he's got a little pink 
plastic video camera, you know, early video, and, you know, they film it. That's, you know, my turn's over with, and I just knew I wasn't going to get it, but I did. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, next thing I know, Charlie and I are driving up to San Francisco in my Volkswagen bug. We break down in Santa Barbara. <laughs> I have to have an engine totally rehauled on a Sunday. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we find these people that have a garage at their house. I don't know how we did it. It's Charlie and I had taken off about 4 in the morning, 6 o'clock, so we were broken down in Santa Barbara. We finally pull into San Francisco. It's about midnight, and they immediately say, Where have you been? <laughs> and they said, You know, you, we got to try on wardrobe and do all this stuff, and... So, uh, you know, midnight, I'm, like, trying on dresses, and this blue stripey one, it fit, and it didn't need any alterations. I said, this is good. <laughs> and uh, they had these used shoes that fit, and uh, that'll work, and then, a, a, like, a white sweater, and that was it. <laughs> yeah. It was just slapped together. Jeez. And finally, Charlie and I were dismissed, and, you know, we got some rest. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> a now, lot of hardships, but a lot of fun. When you do a role like that, yeah, how much of it is what you have put into it, you know, and decided to do to make a character like, and how much is it of the either the writing or the director saying, okay, you know, act like this or act like that? Well, with George Lucas at that time, he was pretty silent so i think he counted on us to you know do the work and bring it to bring it to you know location mm -hmm. so uh i had an idea of how this character would be and uh to me it was the funnest character uh the one that got to do the most <laughs> yeah and um you know had a real full evening that didn't involve, you know, like Cindy and Ronnie's, where it's, you know, a lot of arguing. And, right, yeah. And, um, you know, Mackenzie and Paul was arguing. But, you know, Toad and Debbie got along pretty good. Right. <laughs> and we got to do a lot of things and go parking, you know, drink liquor, <laughs> see, a, see a hold up. You know, get picked up off the street. Yeah, it was just a blast. It really was. And it was, like I said, it was night shooting, so it wasn't easy. And that summer in the Bay Area was really, really cold. And, um, you know, all I had was that little sweater. And right. in between takes, I would put my arms through. But, you know, we were supposed to be making it look like it was a real hot summer, mm -hmm. you know, evening. Yeah. Yeah. When actually it was about 40 degrees. <laughs> now, it, it's very foggy in that area at night. Yeah. So did they just block all the streets off and everything? And well, there was really not a lot of need to because it was dark it was and nobody late. was out. Yeah. Huh. Except us. <laughs> you know, Petaluma is, uh, even then, was, uh, you know, a small town. We'd have a few little crowds of people watching, but these the shooting would go on and on. We'd get there at uh, about 6 o'clock, and they'd start setting up, and we'd start getting into our outfits, and then, you know, it'd start getting dark, and 
we'd be shooting till you know four and five in the morning till it started getting light again. Wow! And it was took twenty eight nights. So twenty. That's that's that still sounds fast though, really. I mean, it was. Jeez. I mean, that's that's you know. I mean, you hear night someone, work is not easy. I don't know how people work the night shift I'm year sure. after year. So after the oh, shooting of that day, that night, would you all go crash or go out oh, and party? We tried to, but we were staying at the Holiday Inn. Right. And, you know, all the other people that were staying there, they didn't say to themselves, oh, we better be quiet because the actors are resting. You know, they were splashing around in the swimming pool and slamming their car doors. Right. Like they do at motels. Right, motels. yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, with a cast like that you had on there, now, at that time, it wasn't, you know, like this is one of your first movies, uh, and, you know, most of those other people were, were relatively unknown. I mean, Ron Howard, of course, he was Opie and everything, but... Uh, yeah, he was, I guess, our more, most experienced actor. Yeah, but um, you look at the cast on there now, and it's like, you know, I mean, how many Academy Awards and how many huge films have has that cast come out with over the years. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. It was a very lucky film, and it's made a ton of money. And I think uh, its total bill, including the music, was like 850000 Really? And it's made millions. I'm sure. And if it weren't for American Graffiti, George Lucas wouldn't have had the big career that he went on to have. Right, yeah. That was his, you know, break, and... And even that wasn't, you know, had its rocky um, spots because Universal, the people that at that time in charge of Universal did not get it. And they really thought it was going to be like just a B, you know, B Mm drive-in fair. And they just had no idea that there were so many people that identified with that. And I've... You know, I do a lot of hot rod shows and travel around, and um, people have come up to me with tears in their eyes because, mm. you know, for a lot of people, that was one of their, the, you know, best times of their lives when, you know, they didn't have a lot of responsibilities and they cruised around. Right, yeah. Did what they wanted. And um, a lot of people, you know, uh, took their girlfriend to that movie, you know, back in, when it came out in 73, and they're still married, so it has a real nostalgic, you know, oh, yes. sentimental things going for it. Yeah. But for a lot of people, they think it's almost like a documentary because it's so realistic as to, it really captured that whole time yeah. of the U.S. when it was totally different than it is now. Mm. And a lot of people will just see it for the cars. Right, yeah. So there's a lot of different reasons why people watch it, but it's got a huge fan base. Yeah, a lot of great music in it, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 40 fantastic, or 41, 40 or 41 fantastic songs. 
And at those times, those artists were kind of, you know, their careers had gone quiet. It was, mm -hmm. you know, 72 and 73, it was more Beatles and more, you know, different style of music. Oh, yeah. And so George got a lot of those, uh, the rights to those for like a thousand dollars a piece. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you couldn't get it today. Oh, no, geez. But, um, yeah, it got like 41 songs for 40,000. Hmm. I mean, just, you know. Yeah. And it revived a lot of people's careers and kind of created that whole oldie market. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a lot of those performers went on to do. You know, oldie shows, which is a whole other world. Right, yeah. Very big. Yeah, and Wolfman Jack oh, at yeah. that time was getting, you know, I mean, then, you know, uh, the different groups there, I'm trying to think of which, uh, uh, the American Woman, the guess who had a, came out with a song, you know, talking about uh, Clap for the Wolfman, for Wolfman Jack, and it was all kinds yeah, of, Yeah, I mean, you know, it just created a lot of different worlds. And uh, the people in the hot rod world, promoters and, and uh, people who own hot rods credit American Graffiti for uh, starting that whole craze of rebuilding cars mm -hmm. and pinstriping and uh, opened up their shop after they saw American Graffiti and, and got a, a, a vintage car and, you know, made it like, you know, just started the whole craze, which is now huge. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. gigantic. Yeah. So you, you do travel, you know, a, to a lot of those, huh? I love it. Yeah. yeah. I do. I've been to Japan. I've been to Sweden twice. I've been all across the U.S. Wow. A lot. Jeez. <laughs> it's a blast. It really is. And, um, yeah, and it just brings people so much happiness to, first of all, see the actors from the movie and, Second of all, talk about the movie. <laughs> They'll talk your ear off, but well, that's sure. okay. Yeah. They, yeah. they want to know, you know, they want to know where it was shot and and uh, what was it like and what's Ron Howard like and mm. what's Harrison Ford like. And, you know, it's, well, it's, the whole it's, cast, it's I mean, really neat. Paula Matt and, yeah, and, yeah. and Bo Hopkins yeah. and Cindy Bo Williams. Does, and, you know, we all do a lot of hot rod shows. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus, and I mean, it's just just an incredible cast. It is. <laughs> Jeez, you think about the, the 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 movies that have been made by the you know all those people, and you know it's just I mean it's mind boggling. It is, and yeah. we're you know we've been in, placed in a lot of like best one hundreds, but uh, we're in the American Film Institute. We're in the best one hundred films of all time. All time, yeah. And, you know, and they can do. A hundred films, you know, in a year or a half a year. So to be in the best of all time, now, now that's a real treat. Yeah. Now, what about you when you turned around and were nominated for an Oscar? Did you did you have any any idea that 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 would come about from this film? Well, um, you know, I kind of ran my own little campaign. Really? <laughs> so I was hoping. I yeah, because. It, Universal certainly didn't do do that, and it's not like today where they run these the studios run these gigantic campaigns and spend a fortune it, on uh, you know their whole season. Mm -hmm. And uh, then it was a lot more modest, and and the whole advertising and the parties and all of that were a lot more modest. And uh, 
back in the day, you know, the actors would buy their own clothes and go to the Academy Awards. Today they're airbrushed and, oh, yes. you know, they're wearing designer outfits. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's back the first then, thing you, you hear when they go to... Had to it was much more individualistic. And, yeah. You know, it was much more fun. And, you know, that was kind of the time when Marlon Brando, you know, refused to go to the Oscars. Right. And, you know, it was, it was the 70s. You know, it was yeah. different then. Now, how, when you were at the Oscars, yes, were you just starstruck? I was totally starstruck. <laughs> and um, I knew that I wasn't going to win. I just, you know, I had no feelings like I was going to win. But the two weeks prior to that, you know, I got so many hugs and flowers. And then they had telegrams. Mm-hmm. And I, got, I still have kept some of these telegrams. From the heads of the studios congratulating me. Yeah, oh yeah. Like Lou Wasserman, you know. Yeah. And uh, all these big shots suddenly real, you know, recognized me, which was really nice, and I kept those. But, um, you know, I was never hugged so much in my life. <laughs> and um, it was just a blast. I, I, at the night of the awards, uh, I was sitting there on the second row with Jeff Bridges and they were about to, you know, reel off the names, and I'm looking down at Sylvia Sidney because I'm just for sure she's going to win because I thought she'd be the sentimental fa- favorite. You know, she was a lot older actress, and mm, yeah. she was in this film called Summer Wishes, Winter Dreams. So Tatum O'Neill was up, and uh, God, that lady from, I think she was from Young Frankenstein. Anyway, there was a couple of others. And I'm looking down at Sylvia Sidney because I want to see firsthand her reaction to hearing her name called. <laughs> and so I'm, my head is looking down that way. And uh, and the winner is Tatum O'Neill. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Tatum, the nine-year-old, goes up and takes the award. <laughs> Here you are thinking the older one's going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking, waiting for her. Because I really want to see her reaction, how a person looks when they, you know, up close when they're going to win. Yeah. But Tatum took it. She went up there for Paper Moon, and that was the end of that. Hmm. um, Now, what about when when they decided to make more more American graffiti? Um, Was that something, when the first movie ended, they had talked about that? uh? No, no. They weren't going to do it at all. I kind of convinced George to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. And I kind of pushed for that. Yeah. And I tried to get into Star Wars, and he said, oh, we don't want any uh, graffiti people on another planet. And then he goes and hires Harrison Ford. Yeah, he hired Harrison. <laughs> yeah, uh, what's that all about? <laughs> anyway, so uh, he turned me down. You know, I did solicit for, for the part, but... Um, huh. And then time went by, and then I pitched him, hey, we ought to do, you know, a sequel. And and he, so it happened, but it was totally rejected because I think the viewers really wanted more of the same, like to pick up on like another night and follow us around for yeah. another night. And the second movie became so serious, although my part was great. You know, I yeah. was working at a strip bar. <laughs> <laughs> and I had this ne'er-do-well boyfriend named Lance, and it was New Year's Eve, and we had a somehow wound up with a dead snake in the trunk of the car. Lance wound up dumping me, and I 
find him with another woman. And anyway, I wind up in tears. <laughs> had a whole different movie. feel to it, I guess. Yeah. But then there's what was his name? Uh, what's that actor's name? That anyway, never mind. But uh, you know, he rode out around in a hippie van, and I was a hippie in a top hat. Yeah, yeah. that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it just uh, it's oh, awful. Scott Glenn. I get, you know, you assume that Debbie and Scott Glenn wind up together because they're in, mm-hmm. he's looking at me real sympathetically. You know, yeah. I'm all teary. Yeah. Well, it's hard to make a, a sequel to a movie that is so embedded in people's minds. Well, I think know. it would have been if they had picked it up where it left off mm-hmm. or just had yeah. another evening of vintage cars going by and a simple story of, you know, people and kids. and Yeah, that you might know, have just done kinda, done it pretty much the same i think they would have loved it yeah, yeah but it got real serious and you know there were rioting going on in vietnam and mm. yeah. and you know hippies and you know it's like huh what what just happened where's american graffiti right yeah 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 it was a whole different whole different film really yeah yeah hmm. it's starting to find an audience you know but it still has a lot of negative things people will come up like you know, I really loved American Graffiti, but more American Graffiti, not so much. You know? <laughs> Did you tell them, oh, I wasn't in that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was called More American Graffiti. Yeah. So, And I was in both. Right, yeah. Because I pitched him to make another one. Yeah. Huh. It turned out to be a bad idea, I guess. Yeah, well, hey. They should have consulted me about the script. That's I right. I said, no, no, no. We have to just pick up where we left off. Hmm. You know, <laughs> Richard Dreyfus flies away. Okay, but wait, the rest of us are still here. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, that, that probably would have yeah. done better. Hmm. But, uh, well, it, it's uh, getting along here, but I want to uh, just finish up with a, a couple questions here. Okay. Um, your favorite TV shows of all time. My favorite TV shows of all time. Gosh, you know, I'm not a big TV. Well, I love The Sopranos. Uh-huh. That yeah. was superb. Yeah. Really, really superb. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm not a big TV watcher. Um, I I don't have cable. I live, you know. Yeah. I watch the news periodically. Mm-hmm. But, um... What about films? What's your favorite films of all time? Not Other, other than the ones that you were in. <laughs> oh, Midnight Cowboys, really good. I love a lot of the films from the 70s. Yeah. Avatar. I thought that was really fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, God, I gushed tears on that one when they cut down the tree. <laughs> I mean, I was shocked to myself because I was remaining very stoic. A lot of times, if I feel like they're trying to make you cry, I like get really hardened. Right? No, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> When they chopped down that tree, I was like gushing tears. I was like I'm so embarrassed. Hmm. Well, oh, God, Candy. Um, oh, I just wanted to ask you too about <laughs> now. You're you're big in, uh, into uh, the social networks, right? Oh, Facebook. I love it. Facebook. You're, you you seem to be on it quite a bit. Oh yeah, I and I just leave my computer on all day. Yeah. But hmm. yeah, I love it, and um, it's you know I have almost five thousand friends yeah. and 
It's mostly people I don't know. <laughs> True, yeah, I know. That's, that's but I'm, I'm a nosy person, and I find other people's lives fascinating. So I like tuning in to see what they're up to. And the fans must love to be able to communicate with you like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and I post my little rants. and. Yeah, I see them. <laughs> <laughs> I noticed them. <laughs> <laughs> I was on a big rant about the oil gusher yes thing. yes i remember that oh yeah. my gosh i was like on you know yeah, let, let's really, see my really uh, kept the attention boy yeah. and how yeah there's yeah. some things that i you know i uh i get on the bandwagon and you know i don't let up until it's time yeah well there's some some worthwhile things to do though That's, yes yes you know, and and it's a it's, you know i i swear if we ever have a big emergency or something you know, the Facebook, we're going to be able to just shoot news out to each other. You know? Oh, yeah. It's, it's... And, uh, you know, and receive help. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a great lifeline. It really is. Yeah, it's a lot different. I mean, you know, the, it's immediate. Nobody can uh, crush things, so you can't hear the information. I mean, it gets out. There's just... Yeah, and, you know, if there were a national emergency or something, I think it would it can be a huge help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's frivolous and it's also important. Yeah. yeah. Now, what about if somebody wanted to keep track, of, uh, other than Facebook, uh, do you have a website people can go no. to? No. No? You do that's all your. About as much as the website as I've got. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, that's even better because. I was on MySpace until I discovered Facebook, which is way more interactive. Yeah. A lot of people have MySpace moved over. MySpace was yeah. really good when that was all we had. Yeah. But then. You know, and then you find the IMs, and you know you, and it's ongoing. It's ongoing. Right. My, yeah. MySpace was static, and I don't understand why they didn't change their format and try to compete because yeah. they were really there first. But, yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Well, Candy, I, I thank you so much for taking the time. This has been been a lot of fun, and I <laughs> okay, appreciate you doing it. Thank you. I want to thank Candy Clark so much for taking the time to talk to us. A lot of great stories, a great movie. If you haven't had a chance to see American Graffiti, go out, rent it, see it, because it's a great film. A lot of great actors who started in that uh, or, you know, one of the earlier movies that they did, uh, and they continued on with some great TV shows, movies, directors, everything else. It's all right there at American Graffiti. It's all great music, a lot of fun, and check it out. And, of course, if you want to find out where Candy is going to be appearing with her uh, going to these uh, car festivals and things like that and uh, find out where she's going to be so you can actually meet her, uh, go to her Facebook and you can check that out. So uh, we uh, highly recommend you do that. And uh, that's about it for now. That's a wrap for this week's show. I hope you'll join us next week for another great guest. Till then, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. (laughs) 